The cat's mission accomplished, shot off, tail high, in search of the rest of its gang, who were now, I feared, occupying the entire house. This was our first meeting with our new neighbour since concluding the purchase of the farm from her some five months earlier. Although not accepted practice in Britain, both the Ferrers and ourselves had been represented during the lengthy and tortuous sale-come-purchase procedures by the same lawyer, a tall, laconic mainland Spaniard who spoke excellent English. I must warn you about doing business with Mallorcans, he had said on my first meeting with him, revealing to me for the first time the mutual animosity that exists between certain mainland Spaniards and their island-born countrymen. You will find the typical Mallorcan a wily negotiator, not willing to give a centimeter, or more importantly, a peseta. He applies the same attitude to significant property transactions today as his forefathers did to haggling over the price of an old hen at market. The lawyer had allowed himself a wry smile when I then observed that the Mallorcans, therefore, clearly had a lot in common with the Scots. A Mallorcan and a Scotsman doing business? He muttered through puckered lips, arching his eyebrows as he commenced his scrutiny of the deeds to the Ferrer's farm. Hmm. Vamos a ver. It will be interesting. And true enough, the Ferrer's had gone on to display a typical country canniness in their dealings with Ellie and me, but no more than we were used to at home, and not enough to prevent them finally accepting a price for the farm which was well below that originally asked. But any smugness which we might have felt about outwilying a Mallorcan was well and truly tempered when we ultimately discovered that the Ferrers had actually conducted negotiations in the accepted Mallorcan way by asking a considerably higher price than they'd really be prepared to accept, if pushed. We awarded ourselves at best a draw, a gesture which all too soon we were obliged to concede may have been just a tad generous. But there had been little time to entertain such misgivings during the ensuing few months, which were spent in a flurry of activity, arranging and concluding the sale of our own farm in Scotland, organising immigration permissions from the Spanish consulate, having our good characters certified by a notary for the Spanish military, who, for reasons of national security, had to vet each foreigner wishing to buy rural land in the Balearic Islands, arguing about which non-essential bits and pieces should or should not be shipped to Mallorca, and finally saying our goodbyes to family and friends. Our two sons, Sandy, eighteen, and Charlie, twelve, would join us in a few weeks, when we hoped to be fully settled in. And although we couldn't help but have nagging doubts about how the boys might eventually react to such a total change in environment and lifestyle, it was too late now. We had crossed the Rubicon, for better or for worse. Like so many others, we had often passed a bleak winter's evening indulging in dreams of some day swapping the rigours of growing crops and raising cattle in the harsh Scottish climate for the unknown but decidedly more attractive rigours of running some sort of small farm in Spain. Some day, when our two sons were older and settled into their eventual careers, some day when we could really afford to take the risk, some day when we had found time to learn Spanish properly, 
someday. No doubt that someday would never have come, had we not literally bumped into the farm of Cas Mayoral during a summer holiday in Mallorca. We were driving north from the market town of Andrach, intending to escape the blistering heat of the coast by taking the road up through the mountains to the village of Cabdella. But instead, Ellie's unique navigational skills had led us into a hidden valley, not even marked on the map, down a narrow lane meandering between sun-baked dry stone walls which enclosed little fields of almond trees, their spidery branches and sparse foliage providing a porous canopy of shelter from the fierce July sun for the small groups of skinny, lop-eared sheep lying panting at the foot of the ancient gnarled trunks. The lane was only just wide enough to take the car, and by the time we had realised our mistake, I was faced with...